Welcome to the Upper Perkiomen Community Church Podcast. Join us on Sundays at 258 Main Street, East Greenville, Pennsylvania. Refreshments at 9 a.m. Worship at 9.30 a.m. Or visit us online at upcconline.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy our teaching time with our special guest speaker. And good morning, church. Let the church say amen. Hey, that's an Andre Crouch song. Y'all know that one? Let the church say amen. Okay. Good to be here. Good to be here. The only problem I have with this Sunday, John, and uh, I think somebody already mentioned it, is the short amount of time that you give, right? He's like, man, you only can take about 45 to an hour. And I said, man, that's so short. But I'm going to try by God's grace. Uh, Really appreciate, though, Pastor John, and really tackling this issue. And again, it's one of those taboo issues. And it ought not to be. It ought not to be. Uh, If anybody should stand up and say something about mental health, it ought to be God's people. Amen? You know, I've been involved with biblical counseling now for about 25 years And when biblical counseling kind of became a movement, uh, part of it was, the heartbeat behind it was, uh, why are we taking people who are struggling with issues and saying, God has nothing to say about it, go to the professional and get help, right? Now, look, I understand there are going to be some issues that people need professionally trained psychiatrists and people to work with. But then what is the church's role? Do we just kind of go like this and say, hey, how's it going in counseling? And when they say, well, oh, you know what? I got to get to that Bible study. I'm praying for you. Right? That's how we deal with people sometimes when they're struggling. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, When people are struggling with hard issues, sometimes, you know, we're not gravitated to those folk because, oh, they're so-and-so. Oh, my goodness. They're going to want to talk. I want to challenge our mindset as as Christians of how we ought to look at people who are struggling with mental health issues. And and, and I just want you to, and again, in the time allotted, uh, I I want to hit on some general principles because there's no way we can hit on all of it. There's qualifications to a lot of the things I'm going to say. I understand that. Well, what about the, well, what about, oh, but what about, I, I, I understand that, right? But, but, but let's put some of that stuff aside and let's see if we can't just get into the mindset of how we ought to look at people in light of who God is. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I ask that your voice would be heard. God, we are your children, not because of us, but because of the blood of Christ, that we can even sing that song, Behold, our God, our Father, we are your children. And God, we we praise you, we thank you for our salvation. And I pray now, God, as we talk about this issue, that we would have your perspective, that our hearts would be challenged on maybe ways we've been looking at this issue that are not biblical. Maybe we've been looking at this issue in ways that are not pleasing to you. Father, we want to have your thoughts, 
your viewpoint when it comes to these type of issues. So, God, we pray that you would work in all of our hearts, and we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Over the years, there are a number of different things that I've heard. Some of them go like this. Quote, I don't understand why people would use medicine when struggling with emotional problems. Or how about this? If you had enough faith, things would get better. This is typically how the church helps people. You just need to trust God. Is there a sin in your life that you're not confessing? Or how about this one? Just pray more. I think Caleb alluded to that, right? Hey, if you could just pray one time and those thoughts and all that negativity go away, praise God. But that's not the norm. So, so you know, I, I could go on and on, but, but, but I think you get the point, right? Everybody has a perspective on how to fix other people's mental health issues. And it's usually sometimes throwing out these cliches. Now, if you're on the receiving end of that, how does that make you feel? Right? Real, real, real quickly, it will isolate you. It will make you feel like something's wrong with me. Because why don't I have enough faith? I wouldn't have this struggle if I just had enough faith. And, and the guy telling me that, he doesn't have the struggle I have, and he's telling me the reason he doesn't is because he has enough faith, and he's trusting in God. God, I thought I was trusting you. You know what? We, we push people deeper in their despair when we talk that way. Now, if the truth be told, the person who told him that probably does have an issue, but his may not be as prominent. His may not have an official label out of the dsm 4 book. But he has issues too. How should we look at this issue from a biblical perspective? Now, again, I I could spend all day talking about this and giving you uh, anecdotal evidence and talking about case studies and a whole bit. But again, we we don't have that time. Thanks to Pastor John. He only gave me an hour. And, uh, but, but, but I, I know all of us probably suffer from It's Sunday morning, so don't preach too long. Got to get home and do yard work and watch the car syndrome. I I, got to keep it within. That was a little joke. Did y'all catch that? I kind of mental health. Okay. So I want to challenge us with some principles. Very familiar passages, and I'm going to jump around a little bit here. Won't be a typical uh, message here, but in light of our topic. Genesis 1. Genesis 1. Can we get into the right frame of mind when it comes to even tackling this issue? And, and that, that's what I'm, I'm hoping that by today you will just say, this is the mindset I need to have when interacting with those who are struggling. Genesis 1, 26 to 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. You notice how many times the writer says image. 
You and I are created in the image of God. So, 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 so by the sheer fact of that truth, and here's the first thing I, 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 I want, first principle I want you to put your head around. People have intrinsic value because they are made in God's image. And it has nothing to do with where they are and what they're struggling with in their life. Can I say that again? People have intrinsic value because they have been made in the image of God. And their value has nothing to do with their state of mind. And I think this is a principle that, that, that we have to believe and hold on to because God says we are made in his image. So, so my interacting with you should not be predicated upon your state of mind. Come on, guys, let's be real about this. We tend to gravitate toward those people who are easy to interact with. We tend to gravitate towards those who have the same entrance. They have the same hobbies. They have the same sport, right? But, but, but the ones that kind of are in a rut, the, the ones that might be down, the ones that might be struggling, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, uh, let me see, how can I exit over here? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The minute you do that, you just said that person's intrinsic value is not as valuable as this person's intrinsic value. And you've based it solely upon their state of mind. Brothers and sisters, can I say to you that's wrong? Can I get a little more radical and say that's sinful? Every man, woman, boy, girl, everybody's made in God's image. And by that fact, it demands that I give that person respect and love and kindness. Why? Because they're made in God's image. What if we had that mindset? What if we had that mindset, for example, as Leanne was talking about, right, the homeless? What, what if we had that mindset just with the homeless? Go down to Philadelphia sometimes. Walk the streets. There's a homeless person there. Do you tend to go like this? Why? Well, they might be crazy. They might try to... No, 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 no. You are looking at the person through the lens of their circumstance rather than through the lens that they were made in the image of God. So my first challenge to you is to realize that people have this intrinsic value because they are made in God's image. So we need to view people as the image bearer of God. They have emotions, they have will, they have desire, they have an awareness of morality. They are a creation of God. That ought to draw my heart towards them, no matter what state of mind they're in. Now listen, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that they are necessarily in a personal relationship with God. Okay? And until you place faith in Christ for the forgiveness of sins, you, you, you're not a child of God. The Bible says that you're an enemy of God until that sin problem is taken care of. But, but, but what I'm saying is the fact that you've been made in the image of God warrants that I move towards you, not away from you. 
And so understanding that everybody is made in God's image. The animals are not made in God's image, but you are. So when it comes to someone struggling with a mental health issue, or, you know, are you looking at that person as a person made in the image of God or as a problem? You know, uh, Dr. David Pallison, who's part of CCEF, been doing counseling for over 30 years now. He says this, and, 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 and I think he nails it right on the head. He says, we need to not, and I quote, do not objectify people. Wow. <laughs> Don't objectify people. Don't look at people as a problem or a project. They are image bearers of God. How might that change the way we interact? Boy, I think it could really give us more love and patience and humility to be able to move towards that person. Amen? When we even talk about mental health, what are, we, what are we talking about? Well, mental deals with the mind. Health deals with the condition. So I'm going to just kind of, for the sake of making a point here, say we're talking about the condition of the mind. How healthy, what condition is your thinking in? As Caleb talked about the thinking. That's, that's what we're talking about when we talk about mental health. What condition is your mind in? How are you thinking? Now, follow me for, for, for a second. How many of you in the past week have thought properly in every given circumstance that you were in? Don't raise your hand. You always had the correct thinking in every given circumstance. Now, I had some incorrect thinking on my way to UPCC. That guy cut me off. Now, I know some of you may be sitting there saying, okay, oh, hold on, Pastor Ron. That's not the same as mental health. Well, 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 I beg to differ. I beg to differ. Because at the core of what we're talking about is a person is not thinking correctly. The mind is not thinking correctly. Now, on that, there's a whole spectrum of where you are. And the extreme spectrums, yes, they do exist. Schizophrenia and, and, and some of these other uh, uh, very uh, severe wrong thinking. But please, brothers and sisters, if you move back here and you're over here, you're still on the same you understand? <laughs> like, you still have bad thinking, too. Just so happens that this thinking is more dominant and dominating the life, and so we put a label on it. So I want you to think about mental health as thinking that's incorrect. Thinking that's incorrect. All of us struggle with it. The matter is simply to what degree. So we need to view people as bearing the image of God. So we move on. I'm actually a little baffled sometimes when I hear the question asked, why should the church care about mental health? I, th 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 that kind of baffles me. Because in light of what I just defined as mental health, here's what I hear people asking me. 
Why should the church care about people? That's what I hear. That when, when people say, I don't understand why we're talking about mental health. Why, what, what, that, that's not our department. Leave that to the Penn Foundation. Leave that to John Hopkins and to Horsham Clinic. And leave that to those guys. Why are we talking about? What I hear is you asking, why should I care about people? And the reason I should care about people is because God does. Do, do, do you see how quickly we, 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 we take a struggle that people have and watch this. Not only do we objectify them, but we devalue them. We devalue them. And especially God's people. Why should the church care about people? Oh, my goodness. Christ came to die for people. Christ came to heal and save people. God loves people. Read the whole New Testament. It's talking about how you ought to interact with people. Sometimes we just want to interact with people who are all cleaned up and ain't got no struggles. Come on, let's be honest. Look, I'm preaching to myself too. Trust me, I'm in the field. I love counseling, but I'm going to be honest with you. There's sometimes I walk in my office and I see who's coming in today, and I'm like, oh, jeez, I just don't, not today, not today. And I'm just like, uh, <coughs> I got a little cold. Can we reschedule? I'm be honest. I'm confessing. And I might, I might have been some of you. I did that too. <laughs> I just, I just, you know what I'm saying? Why? Why? Because when people are struggling, listen, it's draining. Yes, it is draining. That's where love needs to kick in. That's where patience needs to kick in. That's where uh, long-suffering needs to kick in. And that's where I need to remind myself that person's made in the image of God. Psalm 25. Psalm 25. I want you to listen to the psalmist. We're going to look at two different passages here in the psalm. Psalm 25, starting at verse 16. Listen at the psalmist. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Wow. What's he going through? Mental health issues. Turn, please, over to 143, Psalm 143. And, and please, as, as we read this, I'm going to read it kind of quick. Don't have time to comment on all of it. But I, I want you to listen to the, the tenure of this psalm. Listen to the emotion in this psalm. Listen to it at, as I read, please. As David, David writes this, Psalm 143. Listen to the emotion. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my Please for mercy in your faithfulness. Answer me in your righteousness. Enter not into judgment with your servant, for no one living is righteous before you. For the enemy has pursued my soul. Now listen. He has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me sit in darkness like those long dead. Listen, listen, listen to the emotion. Therefore, my spirit faints within me. My heart within me is appalled. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the works of your hands. 
I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, O Lord. My spirit fails. Hide not your face from me, lest I be like those who go down to the pit. Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for in you I trust. Make me know the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. What do you hear? And, and, and we could go on and on in reading the Psalms. You hear anguish. You hear times of depression. Times of, I don't feel like going on anymore. Well, if, if, if David went through that, and then God says he's a man after my own heart. If, if David went through that, is it a lack of faith? Is it a lack of trusting God? Is it a lack of not understanding who God is? No, in this particular psalm, David said, I remember who you are. I know exactly who you are. But God, this is where I am right now. I know what you've done. But God, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm feeling. My mental state, my mind is at a very dark place right now. You see, folks, we need to understand that Christians are not immune to suffering. We are not immune to suffering. And your Christianity is not predicated upon whether or not you have a health, mental health issue. Don't believe that lie, folks, if you're out there struggling. There's some kind of way you're a second-class citizen. Some kind of way your faith isn't where it ought to be. Now, it may be that you need to grow your faith and build your faith and understand the Word of God more. Yes, all those things are important, but it doesn't deduce who you are in, in Christ. So if, if, if God still looks at you as his child, even with your suffering, how much more should we look at one another with love and patience and compassion? Is your standard higher than God's? You see, the challenge is we will all suffer and deal with struggles, and Christians are not excluded. So, so understanding we're made in the image of God, that ought to, that, that, that ought to just paint how I'm going to even interact with you. Number two, we're all going to struggle. I don't care how strong you are in the faith. Remember sitting in the office talking to a pastor who, who, that group of people, you look at the stats of those people who suffer depression and anxiety. And I'm talking to this pastor in a vibrant ministry, and the ministry's growing, and people are being discipled, and, and, and his kids are walking with the Lord. And I'm sitting there talking to him, and, and I said, well, what can I help you with, pastor? He said, I don't want to live anymore. I want to take my life. That's what I want to do, Pastor Ron. Help me. Wow. Wow. Well, he just needs, he knows what the scripture says. Well, he just needs, he, he could quote all those scriptures to you. He's preached on those scriptures. There he sits in my office saying, I can't get these thoughts out of my head. Will you help me? You're not immune because you're a Christian to the sufferings of, 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 of bad thinking, wrong thinking. Nobody's immune. Romans 8. So the question becomes, why? Why do we have these struggles? Romans 8, Romans 8, 22. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth 
until now. Wow. God bless you women. I'm so glad God saw fit for a woman to have a baby. Thank you, Jesus. Can't imagine, won't even try to compare anything I've ever gone through. But it's interesting that, that Paul paints this picture. Like all of uh, creation is groaning, just like in the pains of childbirth. Why? And not only the creation, watch this, but we ourselves, we're groaning. We who have the first fruits of the Holy Spirit. In other words, Christians. I place my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and dwells in me. That's the first fruits. That's the first deposit of the Holy Spirit. Eventually, that Spirit's going to rise me from the dead for all eternity. So he says, we, we got a little taste of it right now, right? But even still, guess what? We groan inwardly, even as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope, we were saved. What is Paul saying here? Yes, I'm saved. I have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit's on the inside of me. One day, I will fully know him. He will redeem me totally. But right now, I'm suffering. I'm groaning. I'm, 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 I'm wrestling with, with bad thinking at times and addictions and all kinds of stuff, and I'm going back and forth. And even though I know God and I love God, these vices got a grip on me, and I'm trying to fight them and keep them out of my life. Why is that? Because the whole world is sin-cursed. Because we're not fully redeemed. Now, please, don't mishear what I'm saying. I'm not saying that every struggle with wrong thinking is directly related to sin. That's not what I'm saying. Can it be related to sin? Yes, it can but not every situation. So I'm sitting there talking to a guy, and he's in deep depression. I said, let me ask you a question. What's going on? He said, I'm depressed. I said, why are you depressed? He said, because my wife is on me. Why is your wife on you? Because I don't do anything around the house, but I can't because I'm depressed. You know depression's real, Pastor Ron, right? Yeah, 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 it's real, it's real. So, so let me ask you a question. So like you can't help her, but yeah, she's always, I said, are you working? No, I'm not working. Why aren't you working? Because I'm depressed. You see? All depression is not necessarily because of sin, but it could be. So I said, well, here, here, here's what I want to do. I said, how about you and I get a paper and you and I start looking for a job? No, I, guess I can't do that. Why? Because I'm depressed. Okay. How is depression going to stop you from working? Because I'm just not going to feel like going. Uh-huh, okay. And see, this is where you're praying for wisdom. God, help me. And see, let me ask you a question. You drove 45 minutes to come see me this morning. Yeah. Did you feel like it? No. Why'd you come? Because I figured it would help. You know what else would help? If you get a job. You know, I mean, every situation you got to look at and take individually, right? That young man, praise the Lord. Work with him for a while, and then kind of dropped off the radar, stopped showing up for counseling. Okay, you keep praying for him. About a year and a half later, I'm in a Wawa. Grabbing him real quick, get something healthy to eat. <laughs> Let's talk about nutrition, Leanne, right? And he was smoked turkey, so that, that's a little better, right? Wheat bread, too. Order my, and the guy behind the counter said, hey, Pastor Ron. And I look up, and it's him. I said, hey. And he smiled. He said, been working here for a while. I said, how you doing? He said, much better. 
right? Every situation is different. But then you have the pastor who th there is no sin in his life, or, or you have the single mom or, or the business owner. There is no sin in his life that, that, that he knows of. He's not hiding anything, right? Things are well. He has plenty of money. He has a good job, and he doesn't want to get out of the bed. What's going on there? You see, if we live in a broken world, if we live in a broken world, and it, it means that it affects every aspect of us, our mind, our bodies. Praise God, our souls are redeemed by the blood of Christ. That's the only thing that the broken world can't, can't take from us once Christ has redeemed it. But your mind, your mind could be affected. What is your mind? Your mind is up here, the immaterial, but comes through and, 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 and is known by what? The brain. But what is your brain? Your brain isn't spiritual. Your brain is physical. Let something go wrong in the chemical makeup of your brain. Your thoughts will be affected. You see, we, we have to have this right perspective here. But notice what he says here. But even though we're groaning and we have this struggle... We're eagerly waiting for the adoption as sons. Why? Because there will be no more struggle. But until then, we live in a fallen world, and this fallenness, it might manifest itself by me having struggles in my thought life. And I don't even know where they're coming from. The world is broken. You and I are going to be affected by it. So I take responsibility for my part. And I seek God's grace. Forgiveness where needed. Maybe counsel where needed. Right? I'm going to be affected by other people's brokenness. So when people sin against you, if there's abuse in your life, why is that? Because the world is broken. Sin cursed. And people do bad things. So is a Christian supposed to just trust Jesus and that doesn't affect the way you think? Our men and women go off to war and they come back and they suffer with PTSD and, oh, just, brother, if you just give it to Jesus. Don't trivialize the sufferings that people have in their mind. Now, again, we, 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 we could spend hours talking about, but why, but why, but why? Is it them? Is it chemical? Is it this? Is it this? We don't have time to go there now. What, what I'm saying is have the right perspective. Number one, they're made in God's image. You're called to love them. You're called to, to move towards not away, right? Have the perspective that this is my brother and sister in the Lord. And even if they don't know the Lord, I would even say even more so, you ought to move closer to them. Because the greatest healing they need is spiritual healing. But will you even sit down and have a cup of coffee with them? Or are you going to walk by and say, that guy's crazy? That guy's crazy. Well, you were crazy too until God redeemed you. And you start thinking right with the Holy Spirit in you. Well, no, but I'm not like, no. See, that's the problem. Know that we live in a broken world. There may be physical effects, and I need to manage it by God's grace, his wisdom, and his counsel. So ultimately... My total healing, your total healing, your total mind healing, ultimately, it's coming because one day Christ says, you will be with me. But until then, I need your grace. I need your wisdom. I need the love of God's people to get me through. I love what Caleb said. You know, sometimes, you know, you know what deliverance looks like sometimes? 
getting through a day. Not this, it's gone. But wrestling through it, relying on God's grace, relying on God's wisdom, relying on God's people who are loving me, moving towards me, not away from me. That's what deliverance looks like. And that I got through the day. Now, God, give me your grace to get through the next day. So, brothers and sisters, listen. I don't know what your perspective is. I'm wrapping up now on people who struggle with mental health, how you view it, how you have viewed it in the past. But I want to challenge you to please view people as first and foremost. They're made in the image of God, and God loves them. And the same God that loves them is the same God that sent Christ to die for all of your sin. And you are partaking, if you know Christ, you're partaking of his grace for the forgiveness of all of your sin. How much more should you give grace to those who are suffering? Amen? Father, thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, that despite the, the, the suffering that we engage in at times, all different levels, God, in our minds and gripping things that we constantly try to keep out of our heads and so it doesn't affect our behavior. Thank you that we are still your children. You don't look at us any different, God. Ah, we thank you for that. And as your word said, the Holy Spirit cries out in us, Abba, Father, you mm. are our daddy. Yes. And Father, I pray for wisdom for those who are struggling, who are in dark places, that they might realize you love them. Oh, God, that they might realize there is wisdom, there is grace, there is help. Mm. God, in you, Father, help them to know you don't move away from them. You move mm. towards them. And help us as the body of Christ and we who know you to move towards those that are hurting, mm -hmm. to embrace them, to love on them, God. Mm -hmm. Oh, Father, in light of what you've done for us. So, God, thank you. I pray that you might work these truths in our hearts. In Christ's name, amen. Amen.